right, my friends, welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Prescott, and on this episode today, we have Dr. Steve Capobianco. He is the medical director of Rock Tape, and he was actually my very first interview about two years ago. I was looking for people to interview, and I found out that he was in Littleton, and I was visiting Littleton, Colorado at the time, so I just met up with him at his gym, Project Move, and we just had a fantastic conversation then, and we had a really good follow-up conversation as well. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Here we go. friends before we get started in this podcast with dr steve capobianco i gotta tell you about failure yep it has reared its ugly head again and this time it is through zoom so zoom is a really great um platform for podcasts because it records audio but then it also records videos so there's been times where the audio didn't record all the way and so then i used the uh, video to extract the audio from there and was able to just record the whole podcast. So, you know, no more failures of just not podcast, not recording all the way, but this time zoom just logged me out. And so I just logged back in and thought everything was all hunky dory, but it switched me back to regular audio instead of the USB input that has my microphone attached to it. So this latest podcast with, uh, Dr. Tim Wu and, the one with Dr. Steve Capobianco were recorded on the same day and I didn't check that. And so the audio is not up to par and I'm really bummed out about it. But you guys can still hear the conversation. The conversations are both really great. Um, you know, just next time, I'm just going to do an equipment check every single time. That's, you know, that's how we learn. So instead of failure, I'm just going to call it test and retest. And like my sister always says, that's what these tests are for. And so I'm going to elaborate on um, the story about how I met Dr. Steve Capobianco the first time uh, to record the very first podcast ever. And I was in uh, Littleton, Colorado, and I was uh, looking up people to interview, and I found out that he was in Littleton as well. So I just texted him on, sent him a direct message on Instagram, and he got back to me and uh, gave me his phone number, and I gave him a call. And he said, yeah, go ahead and come on by tomorrow, and we'll do the interview at the gym. And so I showed up at his gym, uh, Project Move, and if you've never been there, this gym is fantastic. It has everything you could possibly ever want. It's huge. It has all the different space. It has a functional movement space with uh, kettlebells and uh, steel clubs and steel maces, and then it has a huge CrossFit gym in there. Uh, they've since uh, put like a Ninja Warrior area in there. They have a private chiropractic office and then a chiropractic office that he practices out of locker rooms, everything, everything you could possibly ever want. And he just showed me around like he was, uh, you know, my best friend. And like, we've been friends forever. It was amazing. And the whole time he was talking, I was like, man, I should really be recording everything this guy says. 
Um, and then he took me into a private room and we just, you know, recorded the podcast and then hung out a little bit afterwards. I was there for probably about three hours and we only talked for about an hour. So, um, and on the recording anyway. So, you know, this guy, he is uh, really inspirational, just, uh, you know, is the leader of this tribe of mentors with rock tape instructors. And this podcast was really fun. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Episode number 50 with Dr. Steve Capo Bianco. Right on. Perfect. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's been, when, when did we do this for uh, last? Uh, so it was about two years ago. So it, I talked to you, I believe it was um, a couple months after you guys launched the uh, Rock Blades course. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is a while ago then. Yeah. And then I had, uh, you know, I had a bunch of uh, computer snafus. Like uh, one of my dogs uh, spilled uh, bulletproof coffee all over my keyboard and my laptop. And then, you know, couldn't get, so it took me a year long story short to actually put out that first episode of that podcast with you on it. And then here we are uh, 50 episodes later, which is really interesting because I never. That's, yeah. that's so cool, man. The, the dog story needs to be told if you haven't done it so far, because dog story, like ate my homework type of story. And then with bulletproof coffee, even better. So yeah, good. So, you know, I was just sitting there watching, um, watching Netflix on my laptop and my dog was sitting right next to me on the right hand side. And then my wife came out of the bedroom on the left hand side and he felt the overwhelming need to jump across me, which then spilled my bulletproof coffee all over my keyboard <laughs> and just destroyed that computer, which was a bummer because I just bought it, you know, and Oh my gosh. That's a perfect storm story. Yeah. So it's just one of those scenarios where you're like, well, my dog is more valuable than my computer. So you just have to kind of put it in perspective instead of just being really pissed off, you know? <laughs> yeah. At the, at the immediate time, I'm sure that that was in question if the dog was more valuable or not, but uh, I, I totally understand. I have two dogs myself and they do a lot of damage, but you still love them. That's why they make them cute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, they're, they're so invaluable just as like, you know, stress relief and entertainment. Oh yeah. You know, but for sometimes they're just like, why are you even doing that? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, you, she's like, she's your mom. She lives here. You see her every day. Why is that so exciting? That she's <laughs> coming out of the bedroom. It doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be on. I'm honored and thankful that you invited me again. I'm hopefully I can deliver you know, something of use. Oh man, you guys, you guys are just crushing it. And it's, it's really interesting. So in uh, 2015 is when I took my first rock tape course and um, I took it at Exos down in Phoenix. And the instructor yeah. was kind of really kind of ho-hum about it and just wasn't really into it. But then I took rock blades and, you know, it was a completely different experience. And now like you guys have essentially created this tribe of mentors that are so passionate about the product and so passionate about the message that you guys are trying to get across and just helping people. It's just like, it's, uh, it's really inspiring actually. And so that's just kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Like you just found these amazing, amazing people to come and teach for you. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had, a great explanation of how this actually happened, but I think it's the um, 
the classic um, term of you attract what you want. And um, o- over the years, and so when Greg and I started this thing, gosh, 09, 2010, whatever it was, yeah. uh, we, we knew that we wanted education to be at the forefront, to be able to express a new model of thinking, you know, reframing what we've been told in our formal education. And, you know, initially it was myself and uh, uh, a, a super smart guy named Justin Brink, and who's no longer teaching for us, but you know, he's doing some great things um, on his own. And, and um, so we were, you know, the two, and I really trusted him and his opinion and, and, and we were in alignment with our message, but we quickly realized that we didn't have the ability to manage the, the, the uh, interest in what we were saying because we were getting a lot of inquiry of, of adding courses at different parts of the country. And so then I, at that point, I had to start to harvest my team. And, you know, social media, you can, a lot of people will say that there's a lot of negative um, components to social media, but I was really able through, through that medium to be able to start to attract some people that thought the same way. And uh, I just, you know, authentically invited them to, uh, come join us at our instructor summit that we were putting into place at that time. And, and we all just, you know, in, in unity, you know, shook our heads at the same time with the same concepts. So I knew that we were in alignment and thinking and, uh, and, you know, you know how it is where you have a team of people, you expect that people would over time, you know, go on their own. And I've been just so blessed over the last, you know, eight or nine years to have the same team of instructors delivering the content and that just unique to any industry. And so I'm just really blessed to have the people that I have uh, working with me. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really interesting that you brought up the social media thing, because I think it's uh, like the concept of all you think about is the yellow Volkswagen Beetle, then that's all you're going to see. Right. So I think because <laughs> right. I, I use social media as to like build a uh, essentially a tribe of people. And, and that's where I yeah. contact a lot of them for the podcast. And that's where I learn a lot. I learn a lot from social media. And, you know, that's just, it's a, we live in a world of just constant sensory input. And so I think it really matters what you're putting in front of your face. And I think that, that you know, just, you know, finding, all of these different people that are just amazing at whatever they do. So like, you know, Shante Cofield teaches different than Dr. Perry Nicholson teaches different mm-hmm. than Dr. John Campione teaches different than Adam Wolf, but they all are delivering the, the same message in a unique and interesting way. And I just think that's so fascinating. Yeah. That, that's the art of it, right? So like the, the technical component is like, here are the concepts, uh, and we we really lean on concepts versus techniques. So we we provide the the template, if you will. Of, here's the concepts, and we have ten core concepts when it comes to all of our FMT education. And and then from that, they get to create their own recipes. Um, right. And uh, and that's that's why I love the team that we have. Is that just like you said, you can get a, a different version, if you will from all the different instructors that we have teaching the same curriculum. That being said, it's not like every, every attendee that comes to a different course is going to get a 
a different message. They're getting the same message. It's just delivered in a different way that might um, be able to uh, be better um, palated by that individual that's listening. So I, I just think it's just a, a unique way of delivering content is just having the instructor uh, have the ability to be able to um, deliver the message in their authentic way. Right. It's so interesting. And so what I'm really interested in is the process because you guys are going through, you guys are going through this huge growth period right now. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, and you know, just coming from just, uh, you know, grade wanting to make some kinesio tape that actually sticks to like where you guys are yeah. now is just bananas, you know? And I yeah. mean, everybody's yeah. story is the same way. Cause I was, that's how I found it you know, cause I was using, um, a different brand and then somebody's like, Hey, rock tape actually sticks to your leg. And I'm like, Oh man, that's what I need. And then just started using it. And then as soon as I graduated massage school, I had to take, that was the first education course I took right out of massage school, you know? So then here, and then I was at, um, your, it was one of your very first, uh, rock blades advanced courses at, uh, project move in, right. in Littleton. And then now then you guys came out with like the rock pods and the rock floss and then uh, and now you have this movement specialist course so you guys are just rocking and rolling and basically giving people a complete package on what they can do like right when they get out of school and i think that's just so valuable yeah I, you know what i i, I see jesse I, I think i wonder if you think it's the same but i'm slowly starting to re or at least i'm thinking that People are choosing lately to acquire their knowledge, at least in a specific industry. They're, they're, they're less likely to go into a formal education platform and, um, and more interested in doing continuing education in this uh, way. Right. What I mean by that is, is that a lot of people, you know, maybe you have to go through a formal education to get your license to put your hands on people that that i agree but they're they're really dumping most of their time and effort and finances into continuing education because that's how they get to fine-tune their touch fine-tune their approach or fine-tune their eye when they're looking at someone so i, I feel that a lot of uh, clinicians and movement specialists are really leaning on continuing ed and and once I noticed that trend, then I felt it was necessary that on a yearly basis that uh, we create something uh, novel, something interesting, something that might, like I said, reframe their approach. And that's why, one of the reasons why I think we've been successful is that we recognize that people are looking for continuing ed to sharpen their swords and, uh, and we're providing in a way that's not just you know, sitting in a room looking at, you know, listening to a talking head, you know, looking at a screen of slides that were act actively, you know, moving and, and participating in what we're saying. Right. And I couldn't agree with that more. So, you know, when I graduated massage school, I didn't really know where to start or where to go. And, you know, I knew that I needed yeah. like a rock tape course. And then, you know, I met a friend of mine who pointed me towards uh, DNS. And then I went down that oh, yeah. hole for a while. And then, um, you know, God, what else did I do? I started uh, neurokinetic therapy and then I started, I went down that route for a while and then, uh, the amino neurofrequency therapy, um, and then started just kind of following Perry Nicholson around and, and 
you know, took his primal movement chains and his functional health solutions courses and then, uh, you know, functional range conditioning and um, then went on to kin stretch. And so you just like, so you just find whatever rabbit hole you need and then gather all that information that you need in order to help people more effectively. But then you start understanding that there's gaps in your knowledge and then you find other yeah. courses that fill those gaps and then you feel, figure out how to integrate that into your current practice. And then, you know, over the course of a couple of years, then you have your own unique practice that's unique to you with all this accumulated knowledge of everybody that thought that this information was so incredibly important that they needed to share that with the world. And I just think that's what inspired me to create my own uh, education course with a friend of mine. And that's what is so um, inspiring about, you know, you uh, creating courses every year and, you know, allowing your uh, instructors to create their own courses based off of knowledge that they've gained. And I just think that it's, mm -hmm. we're just in this age of information and just everybody can learn from everybody. It's just, it's, I don't know. I agree with you completely because I think that coming out of massage school, it was a, it was a important base to, of understanding, but that's, it was very remedial information at best. And, but then from there you can expand in any direction that you want. And I think it's um, just really, you can, it's so valuable just to target whatever you need to target in order to expand your understanding. Yeah. And I think a lot of what drives people to continuing education is just to your point is that our formal education um, has a specific agenda. And I don't mean agenda in a negative way. I mean that its um, goal is to be able to prepare you to complete your state or um, uh, federal licensure you know, requirements or uh, your board exams, depending on what your profession is. And so they, they have to, um, I guess, create the content and deliver the content in a way that the individual can be prepared to actually complete those further examinations. Um, but then, then there's a new budding clinician or therapist or trainer that comes out and they said, well, now what? Just like you did. And yeah. so one of the things that I feel that we've done um, a good job with, and I wish, I wish it wasn't, it was all original thought of what I put together. And it's just, it's just being honest. It really isn't is that there aren't, aren't very many people out there with an original thought. What they've done is they've been able to harvest from people before them, people smarter than them. And you named a few just in your list is that I've been influenced by um, Yanda, but influenced by Kolash and the, and the uh, Prague School. I've been influenced by multiple different categories of people that have given me uh, my view of human movement. And then I get to put that program together with, with my lens. And, and I think that that's what people are looking for. They're just looking for different ways of, of um, looking at human movement if we're talking about this space. And, uh, and, and my message or our message when it comes to the Rock Tape FMT curriculum uh, resonates with the people that are, are leaning in that direction. There are other programs in kinesiology tape and instrument-assisted tooling and movement. and uh, people may be diverted towards those systems because the message that they convey is more in alignment with what they believe at that time. And I think that's really cool that, uh, you know, everyone feels that 
I have a feeling, this is what I, I, I feel, is that, that people think that there's competition between different instrument-assisted camps and, and movement camps and movement screening camps, and I don't feel that way. I feel that everyone has something to deliver. It's just how you deliver it and, um, and, and uh, when the courses are offered, the pricing of those courses, the pricing of the tools, all those factors matter from what people choose. And we're just providing uh, just good information for people to think about. And we don't feel that we're competing with anyone at all. Right. And so the, one of the things that I appreciate, uh, appreciated so much, especially with the uh, rock blades advanced uh, certification was that uh, at the end of it, you were like, these are the uh, resources that we used in order to, create this course. So if you want to learn more, yeah. then this, this is where you go. And I think that that's incredibly valuable because, um, and that's something that um, we are really trying to do with uh, the education course that I created as well, because we're trying to create this amalgamation of all this different information that both me and my partner have accumulated over years and years. And we, this is yeah. a system that we is, we believe is very effective to get people started. But then, you know, like the way that we describe it is, is we're just the hamburger patty. You know, this is, this is where you go. If you want to add cheese, this is where you want to go. If you want to add lettuce and tomatoes, and this is where, you know, you could get a gluten-free bun if you want, or a regular bun if you want, you know, and just give people directions on where to go. Because, you know, like you alluded to earlier, there's so many directions that you can go to make people better, you know, and yeah, and it's, and, you know, you're just uh, creating a, a system that, you know, you believe is um, a good amalgamation of all the information that you've learned. And, you know, you're one of right. And, you know, those people, it, everybody starts somewhere. And so that's, uh, that's something that I keep trying to tell myself is like, whatever information that you have, no matter how basic you think it is, like, it was new to you when you learned it. And so it's just, you know, really valuable to just stay humble and realize that, you know, that, you know, um, uh, Dr. Butler from, you know, the Neuroorthopedic Institute still learning about pain every day, you know, so you know, just as much information as he does because he's sharing all that information with you. You know what I mean? It's just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were, like you said, we are in the age of learning and the age of technology helps and the age of social media also helps. So there's lots of information that, that we're peppered with on a daily basis. It just comes down to which one resonates most with you. And I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked to hear that you're, you're starting a program as well. I'd love to hear more about it as it, as it becomes a fruition. Yeah, it's just really, well, it's just really fun. And I, I think that there's a, a lot of you know, it's just, so there's a lot of courses that I've taken over time where they just dump a lot of information on you and then are just like, okay, we'll see you later. But you're like, wait, how do I integrate that? You know? So then that was something. Yeah. So that's just something that we, me and my friend, Andy Shea, who owns uh, movement reborn in San Diego, we just sat down and just started talking about where all these gaps are and how we could, you know, create an assessment and then a programming, like assessment to programming and to progression 
that course within a couple of days that would just give people a good jumping off point. And so, I mean, I love it. yeah. And so essentially that's what, you know, uh, you, you guys are doing what uh, Shante's doing. This is just our specific lens on it. And, you know, like just the, uh, you know, I always bring up like DNS because it's such a, such an amazing course and such a, you know, comprehensive understanding of like core stability and, and breathing mechanics, but like they, it's, they don't really teach you how to integrate it into your business and you just have to really just be hyper-focused on it. And I think that that's something, um, you know, just me being, a, I feel like an extraordinarily determined person. I just get home and I'm like, how do I make this into my practice? And then I, you know, practice and fail and practice and fail. And then ultimately you just start getting better at it. And I think yeah. there's, there's also a lot of practitioners who, you know, if they're not good at it right away, then they just kind of give up on that concept and just move on, you know, which I think is, is really unfortunate. And it just kind of, a um, and I've, I've heard it from a lot of practitioners and that's why, you know, I tried to create my course and do the best that we can with that. I, I think that's brilliant, man. Um, I totally agree that, um, information overload and we've fallen into that uh, trap as well because you, you know you get so excited as someone that wants to deliver good content that you deliver you over deliver in yeah. my opinion and I, I'm at fault of that I'm, I'm blaming myself for that for our own content um, on occasion but what we've learned over that experience is that when you do that quite often you might intimidate someone you know with all the information and someone leaves that program or leaves that education class and they feel that um, they're not ready to implement and then what's the point of that if you have all this great information and you can't deliver it to your own community that's a problem so i really give you um, props for recognizing that first and then now putting something together that you think is going to give the people the tools to be able to do so Right. Yeah. It's really, and it's so much fun just, uh, you know, teaching. And I had, I hosted, um, uh, Dr. Stuart Wilson, uh, last year, he came to Flagstaff, Arizona to teach a rock blades course. And, you know, I got to sit with him and, uh, talk with him a lot, um, just about teaching, because like you said, the, the excitement of it, like, and just watching him, you know, especially teach that rock blades advanced course. Like I was talking to him afterwards and I said, man, I could teach that in about 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Cause I get so excited and I just start talking so fast and just get really into it. And just, you know, watching him teach that course was just really, uh, really beneficial. Just, you know, just to calm down, you know, present the information, have breakout sessions and then have everybody come back and then, ask them how it went and then teach more information and then have breakout sessions. You know, it's just so beneficial to watch these, uh, these experts that have been doing it for so long. Yeah. And he's, he's a great example of the teacher's teacher. Uh, yeah. He just has a, a way about himself to deliver the content in a usable form, especially being, you know, clinicians, the majority of the people that we have are actively in practice. And so they're, uh, hopefully able to convey the message that here's the information, but this is how you apply it with your patient or client or whomever you're working with. So I think that's, that's an important uh, component of teaching is that you have to figure out the way to be able to deliver practical nuggets for people to go home with. 
Right. And I think, uh, you know, going back to being really excited about stuff, I took um, uh, the top down, bottom up course with uh, Joe yeah. LaVaca and Courtney Conley. And, you know, yeah. Courtney, like Courtney Conley, man, she can just get into the foot and people like <laughs> it just it was really amazing to kind of watch the 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 relationship that those two have, especially when teaching, because, you know, she would start talking about the foot and then just like get her little foot model and then just start going really deep and then start getting super intricate. And then Joe would just do like a cough <clears throat> and then she'd be like, Oh, there's a class here. Okay. So now I'm going to go back and we're going to start, you know, so it was really good to have yeah. some, have a partner like, you know, pull her out of the, out of the rabbit hole of the foot, man. She, she is just, deep into that it's crazy yeah yeah i can't i can't uh, recommend it enough we um uh, just to inform your listeners um joe and court uh have recorded that program as well and so we're working on uh, a couple of ways of promoting uh, the top down bottom up program that they did and other other programs that our instructors are known for um, on a platform that we're hoping to launch sometime this year. And I think it's going to be sooner than later. Um, so this is like uh, new information for your listeners to know that there's going to be an online platform soon enough that will deliver either components of our curriculum, if not all of our curriculum online, as well as adding curriculum from our current instructor team and friends of Rock Tape, including you as an example. So these are things that we're working on is to be able to better share um, information with our following because we have a relatively large following over the last 10 years that we've been able to, to grow. And uh, what we've recognized in education is that not only are people interested in live training, which they do, um, but due to the complexity of travel and cost and, and, and just interest in learning more and in real time, online is becoming pretty popular and that you, you might even recognize yourself. And so we wanted to jump into that space. And I think we're real close of closing uh, the loop on that and offering something in the near future. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Cause you know, and that's something that I'm looking at as well, because um, I'm talking to uh, some friends of mine who are uh, chiropractors in Southern California and, you know, every year they have to renew their license and every year they're like, damn it, I got to do education and I forgot. So then they go on and yeah. they do like the, the prototypical chiropractical uh, information about stuff that they already know. And then they just, you know, click through all the slides and then watch a little video, but the, they're not really watching it. They're washing dishes and, you know, and instead <laughs> just provide somebody with some immediate education that they can get, um, right off the bat because you know i just as a as a massage therapist a lot of the education that i've taken doesn't count towards my uh, massage therapy license you know so like the function oh, really yeah so like function range conditioning uh the dns stuff doesn't count um you know so that's i lean pretty heavily on rock tape because that that stuff does count towards my massage license so oh that's great great to hear yeah. So then like, you know, the last minute crap, I got to renew my license. I better jump online. And that's, and then to be able to provide information like that, which is, is incredibly valuable and also counts towards your education, I think is going to be huge. 
Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to, you know, can you deliver everything online? And I would say no, but, right. you know, conceptually, can you provide some of the research updates that, you know, in a live course we could probably do without and, and offer more time of hands-on and workshop? I, I think right. that's what people really um, look for when they go to live sessions. So I think the online platform lends itself to uh, provide, you know, most of the didactic information and, and, and science review and maybe some, you know, some nuggets that, you know, an, an hour on pregnancy taping that, you know, people are really interested in, but we just don't necessarily have time in our formal live courses. It's just cool to offer something in a, uh, in a online fashion that can give people at least enough information that they feel that they can take home. So that's, I'm excited about this opportunity because uh, I've been pushing uh, for us to have some type of online entity. And it looks like you know, this year we'll probably be able to accomplish that. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. That's really fantastic news. And you know, the, yeah. the benefit of being there live too is, is the people that are in the course ask so many good questions and you know, that's a yeah. lot of information that, you know, the instructors can provide to you that you wouldn't get at any other course. So, you know, and you guys are always improving too. So I think that that's another point that I brought up with a couple different uh, uh, people on the podcast is that, you know, if you took this course four or five years ago, you should probably take it again now oh. because you guys are always improving. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And gee, listen, that's a great point is that I was frustrated with that, uh, taking other continuing education. And listen, I've been in practice for, gosh, 16, 17 years. Yeah. And I was a trainer, you know, for close to 15 years prior to that. So it's like 25 to 30 years in this space. And, um, and I, I recognize that a lot of courses just don't evolve. And that yeah. was frustrating to me, but the, the literature is just, you know, is rampant every week. There's a new study coming out telling us what we're doing when we put our hands on people, when we put a strip of tape on someone when we use an instrument, you know, what we say to someone, pain science is just a landslide of information. And if you're not, if you're not incorporating those updates into your um, uh, annual courses, then, then you're not providing up-to-date information. And that is something that we really stand behind is that every year uh, in the January, December to January, we, I have an education committee that I blessed to work with. These are, uh, um, part of my education team around the world, we meet and we say, let's condense all the information that we've gathered this year. Let's figure out a way of updating the slideshow and the courses. And let's, let's, let's deliver that information to all of our instructors at our annual instructor summit that we have in January. So then everyone is up to speed on what we've learned over the last 12 months. And we del delivered. And it looks significantly different. Um, my message about the, uh, the, the utilization of tape uh, in 2012 is almost, um, I'd say, 80% different of how I communicate it now just from what we've learned over those six to seven years. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is, is that you know, I, I didn't take into account the psychosocial component as much when I first started delivering this content. It was, what does the tape do neurophysiologically? Right. Uh, what does it do to the brain? And I was thinking more of the mechanics of it and what it does to movement. I never 
I never really paid attention at that time of what is it doing to the person that I'm working with, not just the tissue, um, but the individual. How does a, a specific color have an effect? What, what if I say something different when I'm applying the tape versus um, uh, on one day versus another day? All of those factors have an influence on the outcomes. And, and we didn't communicate that in the past. And we do now because we know that there's a significant psychosocial component to everything that we do as manual and movement specialists. So I think your, your point of that, we, that if someone doesn't update their curriculum on an annual basis or even semi-annual basis, then yeah. the information you're getting is old. Right. Right. And it's, you know, the, my understanding has evolved substantially since I started and, and what we talk about a lot is we're just uh, in our education courses, we're just trying to uh, convince the brain of safety, no matter what it is. Like if it's a, if you know, if it's psychological, if it's, uh, you know, physiological, whatever it is, we're just trying to show the brain that the body is safe. And when the body is safe, then it down regulates and then they feel better. And, you know, that's how essentially you put that fire out. And so, you know, the tape is, is a great way to do that. Um, you know, speaking on like the, the brain maps, like if the, if the person's hip is unstable, then their, the map of their hip in their brain isn't as clear. And it, I say that it's in the dark, right? And so um, if you put tape on it, then that's just shining a flashlight in the dark, which then convinces the brain of safety because now it can see what's over there instead of just running into a dark room hoping you don't run into anything. Yeah, I, I like the analogy. I might steal that, bud. And so here's, here's how my, my process works on stealing information. Yeah. I will give you credit. I'll give you credit three times. Yeah. Actually, no, that's not even true. I'll give you credit two times. <laughs> and the third time, it's my message. So just yeah. to let you know that that might start appearing in our curriculum and you're going to get short-term, um, uh, uh, I guess, acknowledgement. And then it yeah. becomes a rock tape concept. No, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, but the, the, the threat conversation is, is, is now within all of our education. I'm sure you've seen it if you've taken our curriculum is that the conversation about threat and how it influences pain and how it influences movement is paramount when it comes to our education. Like I said before, we had 10, we have 10 core concepts and the idea of threat and safety is, 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 is really up there on the, on the list of what concepts that we teach. Cause once you understand that concept of how the brain is always uh, and asking the same question is, is this dangerous or not? I think it really sets the stage for anyone from a manual to a movement specialist to be able to decide what do I need to do to, you know, uh, shine this light, as you say, uh, on a specific body part to be able to improve our clarity to allow the brain to feel safer and then which uh, allows the brain to either improve our movement or to be able to quench some of the painful experiences that we're feeling. Uh, I think it's critical for anyone in this space to know that concept, to understand threat, understand how the brain interprets uh, information because that will now allow you to become much more creative and improvisational on what you deliver. Right. Um, and that, that, that's really important for, you know, to be more effective. Right. And so that's what I say when, when we're quote unquote releasing tissues, because that's, you know, the big, the big, uh, that's the big no, no word in the 
therapeutic <laughs> space is release. Like we're not releasing anything. Like you guys make it a point in the uh, in the course to say that you know it takes two thousand pounds of pressure per square inch to like move the fascia at all, right? And so mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but so the way that I explain it to people is that you know if there's if there's tissue that is is hypertonic, then it's protective of that area. And so the brain doesn't think that it's safe anymore. So then once you yeah. apply the right stimulus to convince the area that or convince the brain that that area is now safe, then that opens up a neurological window to create permanent change. And so that's where the tape yeah. comes in. And that's especially where movement comes in, because that's really what we're trying to do is optimize their moving experience, because that's when they feel pain is when they're moving. Right. So then the better we make them feel during movement, then the better they feel overall and the safer the brain feels. And then they go back into that parasympathetic state. Yeah, I think you definitely captured the essence of what we try to deliver uh, as you know, therapists. And uh, I think um, the the idea of providing the necessary input uh, can be overwhelming sometimes. So. Okay. Um, so we, we take we take the opportunity to say input can be delivered multiple different ways. And there's there's other camps, and I, I should share some of those camps that I think do probably even a better job of encompassing this idea of providing multiple or numerous forms of input to the nervous system. But we, we obviously focus our attention in our courses on touch inputs. Yeah. And when I when I initially learned, and I think I could probably um, say that you learned it in the same fashion is that we learn to put our hands on people in a specific way. I, as a chiropractor, was told that there's a specific line of drive that I'm trying to push through a specific joint and I'm cavitating this joint and it creates this noise. And, um, you know, that was the message that I was given. That was the input that I was moving a bone. I wasn't really conditioned to think or to even understand that my hand on the person's body with that person in a specific position with the words that I'm saying, telling them what's going to happen and what the outcome may be. All of those are inputs, right? Right. And experiences and all of those are communicating with that person's brain. And the brain is trying to navigate all this information to make a decision. You know, is this safe or not? Is this dangerous or not? Like we, like you said, and I think uh, what we do in our curriculum is to communicate that there's multiple ways of delivering a touch input uh, from very, very light touch input, which has an effect on the specific parts of the brain versus deeper input, input that goes in lateral directions versus straight down, uh, input that draws tissue up in a way like what you would do with a decompressive cup. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to understand how to create input and for us we focus on touch um like i said i I wanted to to highlight some of the other companies that do a really good job and that i've just started to learn from um those are uh, z health um yeah uh, z z health does a great job for movement specialists and that's trainers and coaches uh, teachers that that try to influence people's movement uh, Dr. Eric Cobb, I got to meet in uh, the Czech Republic not long ago. We spent some time together. He sat in on our courses, and I got an opportunity to really understand what he was trying to deliver within his curriculum, which is providing uh, trainers with 
uh, a better understanding of how to stack or uh, blend multiple different inputs from visual inputs to auditory and vestibular uh, to touch uh, and proprioceptive inputs to be able to influence someone's movement. I think they've done a brilliant job on putting it all together in a way that's really understandable and to your point earlier uh, that is usable meaning that i could take that information that i get and i've done the essentials class that they offer and they offer multiple different tiers uh, and stages of, of their curriculum but within the essentials which is three days uh, i left there feeling really confident about inputting or creating inputs through the visual system and inputs through the vestibular system that stack on top of my touch stimulants that I can use with tape and tools yeah. that have really augmented the outcomes that I really, uh, that I have not been able to see over my career. So that's an, one example of Z health is something that I think your listeners should really look into. Uh, FNOR is another one from yeah. um, the functional neuro ortho rehab. I may have messed that up on the acronym, but I think uh, FNOR is another one that people should be looking into. Uh, the Carrick Institute um, is one that's more so for chiropractors, from my understanding, but uh, a good friend of mine, um, uh, Freddie Garcia from Florida, is putting together some real cool offshoots of the Carrick Institute, uh, from the Carrick Institute and their performance um, programs. So I would uh, welcome people to look into the Carrick Institute and see what they have performance-wise, which is really indicated for the trainers. Um, so there's multiple different camps out there, and I'm probably missing some others, obviously, but those are the ones that I'm familiar with and I think are doing a good job on the topic of what inputs can we provide to get better outputs. Right, and that's, it's all just tools in the toolbox because, you know, one of, the that's right. one of the reasons why I learned so much is because I kept running across clients that I couldn't figure out. And that was so frustrating yeah, right. because like literally all I want to do is help them. And if I couldn't help them as effectively and they went out feeling so-so instead of a lot better, then that drove me crazy. So then I started researching more and, and found all these different courses and all these different um, avenues of being able to help people out and getting them to where they need to be. And so it's just, you know, I think that um, one of the things that, uh, I talk about a lot in my courses, you know, there's, you know, pass and fail is just test and retest essentially. So you just get them up. Yeah. How do you feel? Well, I feel okay, but now this hurts. Okay. So let's get back on the table, see what's going on here. And we'll do this, this time and this, this time, and then get up and test and retest and see how it goes. And, and that's how you go through all the different tools and how you easily implement that stuff. Um, into your practice. And I think, you know, Z health is really good. I haven't taken any of their stuff yet, but I've been following them for a while. Uh, you know, the, the, I think it's functional. Yeah. Neuro orthopedic Institute or rehabilitation. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the FNOR yeah. guys, they're really on top of it too. And, uh, you know, integrated yeah. kinetic neurology is really good too. I want to start. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. And so there's just so much information out there. So it's just don't, you know, so what, I'm hearing from you is to just make sure that you're constantly looking at what everybody else is doing because we're all having the same goal, which is trying to help people move better and feel better. And so it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah, you're, you're really hit a point there is that where you get your information, how you receive information is individual to you. 
but everyone in this space, people that are listening to this podcast, people that come to these courses, people that, you know, get online education in this space, we're, like you said, we're all looking to help the people that we're working with, uh, regardless if it's uh, a manual therapist to a, you know, an exercise or movement specialist. I think it's really important to understand that we're trying to share information and, um, and, and just try to absorb as much as you can. And, you know, quite often you will mix a lot of different systems together. When I initially took, um, the FMS and SFMA, I took components of it and, and used components of it with the person in front of me because that was what was appropriate for that individual at that time. And I was just honest with it that I, I don't think I've ever completely just followed a specific system when I'm working with an individual because you are working with an individual that may need different input. And so I pull a little bit from SFMA in my screen, a little bit of Yonda's work, a little bit from DNS, a little bit from you know our education in FMT, and then I will create the appropriate screen for that individual. And then when it comes to the intervention, same thing. I pull a little bit from Z, a little bit from FNOR, a little bit from uh, what I've learned from McGill. And, you know, we can go on and on and just name drop. But this is what the reality is, is that most people, and I've, I've asked people this for over almost two decades now, what is your system? And they always kind of look with us, you know, a little bit of a half smile and they go, I use all systems and mm-hmm. that's just being truthful that we just, if you're completely adopting only one system, I think you're missing an opportunity to really help more people. Right. That's just how I, how I feel. Right. And so, um, my friend, Dr. Ben Ramos, uh, who's a chiropractor out of mm-hmm. San Diego, his, he told me when I was out there a couple of weekends ago, my favorite technique is results. And so whatever <laughs> I need, whatever I need to do to get that person better. And so I think that, you know, the assessment um, should be every time the person comes in because they might have a biological issue. They might have an unstable hip or whatever it is, but they might have, you know, the psychological um, component of pain as well. So then there's sometimes where, you know, they come in and I just ask, Hey, how are you? And then they just start dumping all their stress off on me mm-hmm. and then for like half an hour later they're like ah oh, i feel better and then they're done and i'm like okay so that's what they needed they needed that's to, right to dump that bucket out of the psychological component of pain on me for half an hour and then they feel better and then they walk out because they i didn't have judgment i wasn't you know trying to offer them solutions i was just sitting there and listening and i think that that's that's a uh critical component of the assessment is just giving a shit about the person that's standing in front of you. <laughs> so true. And you know, I, I was never taught that. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, people like people that get into the space and people that have longevity and, you know, I, I could argue, you know, effectiveness are those that just can navigate those waters, can figure out on a day to day basis. If someone comes in and they're in the psychosocial bucket, you know, uh, of mindset, I'm going to focus on talk therapy and less on touch therapy, less on movement therapy, because that's what you've been able to recognize in your initial screen of that person on that day. And I think having the ability to be able to figure out people, not just their tissues, because I could be the expert on the multifidus, but if I don't understand that that person 
coming in uh, is stressed out because of work or family or relationship or uh, has had a social, you know, issue, you know, those are all big things to consider. So uh, I think that's a really important thing to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, people are just so weird and interesting. And I think that (laughs) if you just like, if you just open your mind to, so what I use a lot is when I was a boxing coach, like the amount of different ways that I had to figure out on how to explain people to just throw a jab is just bananas. And so, you know, like if you have 30 different people in the class, you probably have to have 60 different ways to explain the jab to somebody. And so that, that stands to reason that your practice should be that way also, you know, because everybody's going to come in with a different understanding of what's going on and you have to figure out different ways to explain, you know, how this is affecting this and how that's affecting that. And, you know, the more that you learn and the more that your mind is open, then the more answers you have for them. And I think that, you know, that is, uh, I think that's where, you know, frustration can be a strength for people because then, you know, you can either go into that frustration and be like, damn it, why isn't this working? And then sit there and figure it out. Or you can do the opposite and be like, well, this isn't working and then just give up. You know what I mean? But I think that just pushing yeah. through frustration, I think is, is, is so critically important. Yeah. And it's the, it's the art of what we do. And you know, that, that's a component that we try to put into our education and FMT. And I'm sure you, you have discussions about that within your platform. Um, and I, I just think that that's more of a real discussion about what we do as manual and movement specialists. So I think I, I appreciate the opportunity to even have this discussion because you don't, I don't get very many opportunities other than our own platform, but uh, yeah. to have a discussion with some other real person that's actually implementing it is helpful, at yeah, least kind of confirmational. <laughs> yeah, and it's just really fun, and you guys are doing a great job. So uh, I know you got to get out of here because you're a busy guy. Um, so what what books are you reading right now? Um, gosh, I'm a rereader. Um, so uh, I may have said this you know, even last time we spoke, uh, but Lately, I've been into our discussion about uh, threat and safety. Uh, I've been reading a couple of books, and one is from Bo Lotto, um, and Lotto, L-O-T-T-O, and it's a book called Deviate. Um, and it's an inter- interesting book in respect to the conversation that we're having is that um, it doesn't necessarily talk about you know what you do when you put your hands on people or... Uh, any of those components is just really paying attention to perception and how perception can be different from person to person. And he brought up, you know, one of the things that I use all the time now in, in respect to this threat conversation, he brought up this idea of why do we think that Uber, um, the car service is more uh, popular than taking taxis. You know, there's more taxis out there. Um, so we would assume that we would have uh, more inclination to use a taxi than we do Uber. But the reason that Uber, according to him, is more popular is that it decreases threat. Right. Um, and how it does that is it provides information, much more information than you would get from an Uber system than you do with a taxi. When his point would be, if I was late for a flight, uh, who would I prefer to um, hail? Would it be a taxi where you don't know? Um, when they're going to arrive. So there's an unknown there. 
versus the Uber, where it tells you exactly that they're going to be there in seven minutes and it'll be 13 minutes to get to the airport. So you can gauge the unknown. You can have clarity of where you're going to be and when, and which decreases threat, builds up confidence. So people have the inherent choice to make between Uber and taxi, and they generally are choosing Uber lately because of that fact that it decreases threat. So I thought his explanation of just that one point made me read that book probably two or three times so I can be really clear on this idea of perception. So I can't, I can't stress it enough that it's a great read. Right. And so that's, you know, um, that's one of the messages that I got from Dr. Andrea Spina with functional range conditioning. Like is if, if you, mm-hmm. so like, you know, I use CrossFit as an example a lot, but like if you're just constantly pressing up and forward, then your brain doesn't have information on what the back of the shoulder is and what it's supposed to be doing. And so then that causes threat and then that causes pain. Right. And so, you know, like we were were discussing earlier, if you, if you um, use your controlled articular rotations to shine a light into that dark space of the, the brain's understanding of the shoulder, then there's less threat there because it has more information on what it's supposed to be doing. That's, you know, that's really good. That's a really good explanation and a great way to translate. I I thought so too. And so, but just, you know, for your listeners, just look up Bo Bo Lotto. He's got great YouTube videos um, that just, he's just a great lecturer in my opinion. He explains a pretty in-depth, deep subject and he's doing it more on the business front, meaning that he's, he's speaking to groups like Google and Amazon and, and speaking to the workforce to be able to say, you know, your perception of what you do, what you think you do, uh, has an effect on your outcomes. And so I, I just, I translated it into what we discuss when we talk about uh, perception and the lack of perception, your ability to predict the future and all the things that we've been talking about in this, in, in this uh, discussion about threat. I think he's done a great job to communicate that. So Bo Lotto Deviate is one. And the second one that uh, if I didn't say this book, I would be uh, remiss that Touch is the Science of Hand, Heart, and Mind by David Linden. Um, I have this book in my bag all the time. Uh, I read a chapter you know, on each flight that I take from to and from courses. And so uh, David Linden, L-I-N-D-E-N, great, great book about the science and art of touch and if you're a manual therapist you got to read this it's just revolutionary so that's the that's the other one i'm reading perfect and then real quick where can people find you and information on uh upcoming rock tape courses uh uh, me uh social media wise uh i'm a fashion geek if you didn't i didn't we didn't talk anything about fascia that's amazing so i'm actually (laughs) i'm kind of happy i'm kind of happy we didn't because i'm getting somewhat pigeonholed into a fascial weird guy that follows the fascial science. But uh, my handle is uh, fascia doc, uh, F-A-S-I-C-I-A-D-O-C. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. And uh, you can find me on, you know, on um, Twitter as well as uh, Facebook. And um, when it comes to courses, you could go to rocktape.com, go to education and we do well over a thousand courses a year. So there's, plenty of opportunity to come to a live course or um, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks or months. I'm not sure when this will be completed, but I'm hoping that we have an online platform really soon for people to take advantage of. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate the conversation. 
All right, bud. Thank you again, and good luck with your program. All right. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon.